I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry. I'm not gonna sit here and debate. Hello and welcome to The Red Glare. My name is Daniel Fritch. I am your host. The Red Glare podcast is a Texans and Rockets podcast, and you have found the 2022-23 Rockets season preview episode. I am joined by Will Fortson at Biased Houston on Twitter, co-host of the Brad Out and Will show on YouTube, and I couldn't be more excited to have Will on the show. As I sort of mentioned to him later, and, and you'll hear in my conversation, when I started this podcast odyssey, this podyssey, if you will, I looked around on YouTube, I looked around on Twitter, I was like, who's doing Rockets content? Who's doing Texans content? And one of the names, one of the faces that kept jumping out at me was Will's as a guy that was just doing great stuff. Great Twitter stuff, moment to moment, great podcast stuff, great YouTube stuff. And I was very impressed with him. And I asked him to join me to help preview the season, and he was gracious enough to do it. And I couldn't be more excited to have him. And I'm going to get to my conversation with Will in just a moment. I'm not going to ramble on up top. If you want to hear me rambling, listen to the last episode. That was a full episode of me rambling. Um, But a couple things I did want to say before I get to my conversation with Will about the Rockets and where we are 2022-23. I talk to a lot of fans around when I'm at work, when I'm in the community, and obviously there's a lot of Astros fans out there, a lot of Texans fans, not as many Rockets fans these days. And that makes sense. The Rockets have struggled in recent seasons. And if that's you, if that describes you, I would ask that you come along this season with me, with the other folks that are producing really good Rockets podcasts and Twitter content, um, because this is an exciting team. This is our third year since we've traded James Harden. If you've been totally, totally out on the NBA and the Rockets, you should know that five or six years ago, we were really good. And we had James Harden. We had Chris Paul. For a while there, we had Russell Westbrook. We were playing without a center. We were doing some unorthodox, strange things, interesting things. And then, of course, uh, we traded James Harden. We entered a rebuild, a conscious rebuild. And that's important to point out. This was a conscious decision the team made to bottom out, try to retool through the draft. And now we are in year three of that process. And that bottoming out has netted us Jalen Green with the second overall pick two years ago. And Jabari Smith with the third pick in this year's draft. And we have a lot of interesting, good, young talent. And they're a very likable team. That's another thing I wanted to mention. Guys like Jabari Smith and Jalen Green and Alperin Shingoon, Tari Eason, they're likable dudes. Kevin Porter Jr. is a likable guy. He's very easy to root for. And so I think if you learn the players on the team, you see what they're doing. They're doing some interesting things schematically. We have a young coach who's also very likable. Um, just come along. And I'm not asking you to tune into three-hour games three times a week, but just when you can. Tune in when you can. Listen to this podcast and others like it. I think, I think there's a lot there that you would enjoy with this team. So we're coming off of a 17-20 and 20 win seasons you know, coming off of those two seasons. And we're looking to build on that. And I think the plan is to be start to be competitive, start to be a good team next season. 
but we have to bridge from where we are now, which is last year, very bad team, to get there. And I think it's a very important stepping stone in the in the process this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to get to my conversation with Will, and I hope you enjoy it. I am joined by Will Fortson. Will is a Rockets Twitter superstar, and I really appreciate you coming on, Will. No, no problem. No, thank you for having me. I was, I was looking forward to doing this. Yeah, man. Before I get to my first question, why don't you hit us with any any plugs up front, any Twitter handles, anywhere you want people to see you online? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. That's, uh, Twitter mainly is where I, I reside at, at Bias Houston. And then I'll shout out uh, my podcast I have with uh, Brado NBA. It's called the Brado and Will Show. Um, B-A-R-D-E-A-U-X and Will. Uh, look it up on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, you'll see it there. Definitely. And I recommend that show. I've caught it a number of times. It's really awesome. You guys are really Thank good you. at this. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. I started watching the Rockets during the Hakeem era in the 90s. And that was really my first sports memory. It was in the 94, 95 back-to-back championships. I was 10 and 11 years old. And it was just the most amazing thing that had happened in my life to that point. And it just lifelong Rockets fan at that point was locked in. Right. And so I think about eras as I've been a fan, there was the Hakeem era. There was the Francis Mobley era. There was the Yao McGrady era. There was the, of course, Maury Harden era. Do you think it's too early for us to say what era we're in right now. Are we in an era right now? Yeah, we're for sure in one. What you know, what we call it, uh, I guess, is yet to be seen. We, I think, we we'd all hope this is like the Jalen Green era. Um, but I mean, obviously, he still has to, to prove that. But I, I think the overarching theme is just we're like in a uh, a rebuilding era right now. Like we're we're kind of transitioning from that. Uh, contending with James Harden every single year to now we're, we're going to be one of the, well, I wouldn't say one of the worst teams, but I mean, we're going to be towards the bottom of the NBA. Um, and it's kind of the, the goal is to to sacrifice wins right now for wins in the future. So uh, we're definitely in a different era, era, if you will say. Right. So we're hoping Jabari Smith, potentially KPJ, potentially Tari Eason, like all these guys have a lot of potential, but that's to me, the key word there is still, they have to live up to that potential. They have to show what they have there. When I talk to folks, I, I hear a lot of Astros talk, of course. The Astros are great right now. That makes sense. Uh, some Texans talk. And then since Harden has left town, I don't get a ton of Rockets talk. And it's, uh, it's understandable. They're a last place team. I get it. So if you encounter someone that's sort of a casual fan that maybe was a Rockets fan in the past or was a Rockets fan up until Harden left, what what do you tell them to sell them on this team? If you were saying, hey, I'm, uh, tune into this this year's team, what are the selling points for you? Uh, I mean, the first and most important one is just, is just be patient. I mean, I, I know it's kind of hard to say because uh, we're talking about like another 82-game season of potentially being one of the worst teams in the NBA. Um, and then, you know, next season, even then, we may not be in the playoff championship picture just yet. But the goal is that we're going to be one of the better teams sooner than later. Um, and so – like I said, just be patient. You got you got some some young explosive guards and Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. You know, six six. They look like they're going to be all stars or you know in that conversation sooner than later as well. We just added Jabari Smith. Um, this 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 uh previous draft cycle, I mean, I think they just measured him yesterday and they said he's like six eleven without shoes. So 
where we added somebody who's, you know, almost seven feet who can shoot threes and play deep at an elite level. Um, Alper and Shingun, you know, whether or not, I, I know like a lot of the, the conversation around him is kind of polarizing right now, but no matter where you kind of lie on him, he's one of the most exciting young players in the NBA. Um, so it's just like little stuff like that. Like I, I would say if, if you're looking to watch this Rockets team this season and you're someone who's more of a casual fan than a diehard, uh, you know, look for those things. Look for like little small moral victories of like, okay, did Jalen Green have a good game tonight? Did Alvin Shingo look good tonight? Is Jabari Smith, you know, how was his defense tonight? Um, you know, patience to those little small moral victories and, you know, not worry about the win-loss count because, you know, in two, two or three years, we'll, we'll definitely be back um, in that playoff picture. Right. It's funny you mentioned Jabari Smith and, and his height and how exciting to me, he obviously is. Like, I watched that first preseason game and he looked just extraordinary, like so exciting. And you get a lot on Twitter, a lot of conversation around the national sort of outlook on the Rockets or lack thereof, right? Like everyone was super high on Jabari until he went to Houston. And then it seemed like everyone's sort of cooled on him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you, you get a lot of that. You got a lot of that with Jalen last year where he didn't get maybe the credit a lot of us in Houston thought he deserved. And I think that makes sense with the losing. I think we'll get more respect when the when the the record improves. Um, but like you mentioned, you mentioned Kevin Porter Jr. I want to I want to touch on him yesterday because when I did start paying attention to Rockets Twitter, you jumped out at me right away as a character that was like, you're really good at Twitter, which is, <laughs> I, I, that is a compliment, but, I it, appreciate that. but that is a skill. It's not just, you know, typing what's on the top of your head. It's, it's tailoring a message. And I think about like Jabari, Jalen, those are obviously good players that you would project to be good and to be on the team uh, moving forward. But a player in Kevin Porter Jr., that's a little bit different or was up until he got a contract extension the other day. Right. So he had some character issue stuff off the court stuff that um, led him to Houston a couple years ago. He's been a consistent piece on the floor since Harden's left. One of the few that if you have been watching the Rockets all throughout this post Harden era, KPJ has been a huge face, you know, along the way. People on Rockets Twitter have developed very deep sort of connections to him. You were one of those guys that was sort of a, a, a booster of his. And so what was your reaction yesterday when he got that contract extension? Oh, I was excited. I, I had been I, I wanted him to get extended. Uh, I think it was in late July when uh, Kelly Eco from The Athletic reported that uh, that the Rockets were trying to to reach an extension with Kevin Porter Jr. before the season started. And that kind of took me by surprise because I didn't think he was going to get one uh, this offseason. So ever since then, I have been like refreshing my timeline, waiting for Woj to tweet uh, that the Rockets just extended Kevin Porter Jr. So when it finally did happen, it kind of happened at the very last second. Uh, the deadline being uh, Monday at like five, I think we got it around like nine o'clock Monday morning. So um, yeah, like I was, I was excited, man. I haven't wanted to see that for a very long time. I, I think it took care of a lot of the concerns that, that I had um, as a fan for, you know, the KPJ and the Rocket side. I, I think that it, 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 I mean, it, I don't know if we're going to jump into like the exact details of the contract, but like it covers just about every base possible. So no, I was, I was extremely excited to see that contract. Well, right. And it, he was guaranteed $3 million this year on his rookie contract. And then he would have been an unrestricted free agent. And no, he would have so, been restricted. He would have, or I'm sorry, restricted. restricted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, 
the Rockets extended him four years, 82 million, only the first year of which is guaranteed, right? And so there's some triggers in there where the second two years can be guaranteed. Um, but it's really a team-friendly deal. And it's it it doesn't it it adds on to the three million dollars that he was due this upcoming season, right? So that extension starts next year. Right. So you locked him in. You have him I this think, year for three million. I think, I think it kicks in this year. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I want to say it kicks in this year. But I mean I could be wrong. I looked I, I looked at that okay. right before we came on, and I believe, and I may okay. be wrong, I could double check it, but I believe it's three million this year, his regular salary, and then it starts next year, which is to me even more team friendly. Okay. So okay, you have him Yeah, so you have him locked in next season, and then you have that two year decision to make. I'm an asterisk here. I'm going off of one website's reporting. I may be incorrect on this. Um, but so for any listeners that are have not seen Kevin Porter Jr. play a ton for the Rockets, how would you describe him? What does he bring to the table? What does he need to improve upon? And you're one of the higher guys on KPJ. How do you see, like in a very optimistic projection over the next four or five years, how do you see him growing and what role does he fill with the team? Uh, yeah, so like to kind of describe his game for people who are not familiar with him, um, he's he he's somebody, I mean, we 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 watched James Harden a lot um these last eight or you know season when he was here. I'm not saying he's James Harden, he's he's not James Harden, but he's somebody who's modeled their game after James Harden. So it's, it's kind of ironic that he ended up on the Rockets. Um, but that yeah, he plays a lot like miniature James Harden, like kind of like when James Harden was like in OKC when he wasn't a superstar, just said he's somebody who can play with the ball without the ball. Uh last season he was one of the elite shooters in the NBA. Um, like I said earlier, he's six six. Uh, so he's he's athletic. He he's he's he appears to be somewhat of a good defender. Uh, so that's just kind of his game. He just kind of gives you a little bit of everything um, at at, the, at that guard spot. Um, some things he can improve upon, obviously, were his decision making um, and just the the pace he played with as the point guard. Right, that was one of the biggest talking points uh, on him last year. Was can he be a point guard? He's somebody who kind of came into the NBA as like a shooting guard or like a small forward, and then the Rockets kind of positioned him more into a you know just a straight up combo guard like point guard uh, role. And, you know, as as the point guard, one of your jobs is to be the, you know, floor general, uh, control the, the tempo of the offense. And that's something he kind of struggled with last year. Um, we saw him kind of, at least through the four preseason games we've seen so far, it's a lot better in that in that department um, this season. And then the next thing I'd say is like his, his finishing around the rim. That was something that he excelled a lot at in Cleveland before he came to Houston. Um, and then his, his last two years in Houston, he hasn't exactly been the same finisher he was. Uh, his first year in the NBA. So that's something he, he can get to continue to work on. It's just, uh, you know, finishing through contact and around contact, something he hasn't been as great at these last couple of seasons that he was at one point. So I think that's something being proved. I'm sorry, what was the last question? It was. Well, like, how does, like, in a best case scenario in your mind, he is our starting. Oh, I I think that, yeah, in, in a best case scenario, he's definitely the starting point guard. I, I think okay. that that's something. Um, I think that's that's more realistic than than not that he's one day the starting point guard of this team, um, because like I said, you look at what his skill set is and what he what he brings to the table. He's I mean, you ask anybody in the NBA or anybody like on the team in front office, the guy's talent jumps off the like the the book like that. That's that's never been the question with Kevin Porter Jr. You kind of touched on it earlier. The question with him was more of like the the off court stuff, um, which we've seen him kind of take some strides into improve upon. 
up until this point as well. But like, as far as like talent goes, no one's ever questioned how talented Kevin Porter Jr. is. So uh, as far as like what I could see him coming, yeah, I think he can definitely be like a starting point guard, somebody who, you know, on the low end might be knocking on the door of an all-star game. And then I think on like a pretty high, I think he could be a all-star every, like, especially if the Rockets are winning games like we expect them to be in a couple of seasons. Like I definitely think as a top three option on a team that's winning a lot of games, he could start being that all-star conversation. So I'm going to try to like temper my expectations. because I need to still see more uh, from him this season before I start saying, okay, he, he will be an all-star. He will be a top, you know, 20 player in the NBA. But I think those are things that are in the cards for him for sure. Okay. So I'm with you. I agree. I'm I'm team KPJ. Certainly now <laughs> with the extension, you're sort of locked in. If you're going to be following this team, you're rooting, you should be rooting for him to succeed and and to show some some growth there. I'm not a hundred percent sure he'll be our point guard necessarily, but that would be great if it worked out that way. Yeah, that's fair. That's I mean, that's totally fair. Like he has to still like I said, I I I believe a lot in him, but he has to prove it. So like I'm I'm not mad if if you still are on the fence. You need to see more from him. That, that's fine. Where are you on Coach Silas? Uh, he he has more of a prove it to me than KPJ does. Is it's kind of like I'm not in on him, but I'm not out on him either. Uh, I think he's been dealt uh, a pretty difficult hand, right? Like he came here thinking he was going to get the coach, uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, um, and then he coached. He didn't get the coach Russell Westbrook at all, and then he coached James Harden for I think like 15 games. It was some some really short like that. Like he didn't get to coaching. Uh, coach a team like he was thinking he was going to coach him was going to go deep into the Western Conference and he ended up coaching a team that was dead last in the in the West. Like a lot of that his first year, it really wasn't his fault. We had a like historic amount of in- I mean, I forgot. I think we set the record that year uh, for the most players on a single roster in the season. I think I think it was like thirty players. Uh, don't quote me if I'm wrong, but I know we set the record for sure. So like he was dealt a really hard hand uh, that first year. His second right. year is where I think a lot of people started getting kind of worried of him was because. There were some questionable like decisions with the rotations and the lineups. And, you know, it, it was a lot of different things that we, I think, as fans wanted to see that we didn't see. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not really so sure if that was a Silas thing or like a front office thing just yet. But I do know that like the on-court product itself was not what we were all expecting it to be. Um, and so, like I said, I, I'm, I know that he said in the in his post game, I mean, his postseason presser that one of the things he wanted to look, do this season was kind of open his back because he didn't get to do a lot of that last year with the young team. Right. So I'm using this year as like a litmus test for Coach Silas as well, just to see, you know, he said he's going to open his bag this year. He's going to see, uh, we're going to see more of, of, of his system implemented with this young team. And I mean, through preseason so far, I, I have enjoyed what I saw. Um, and so, no, like I, 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 like I said, I'm not sold him, but I'm also not not sold on him. I, I think he just has to prove it to me this year that, that he's the coach of the future. Okay. I'm I'm with you there too. Like I love his personality, like the intangible aspect of him as a coach. I, I really enjoy him having him there, but like the X's and O's and some of the rotation stuff you mentioned, I'm not. Yeah. It, it, he's got some proving, yeah. uh, still some proving to do for me. So we we're coming off a 17 win campaign and a 20 win campaign uh, last year. Where are we this year? Do you think if you had to take it, wager a guess? I would bet um, my prediction was anywhere in the 24 to 27 win range. So I don't think we're going to take like a huge leap, but I think we'll be, you know, marginally better than we were last year. We we added a lot of guys who kind of fix a lot of the issues we had last year. And I, I think we're also going to see a lot of addition by subtraction with uh, Christian Wood finding his well in a different team uh, this, this year. So I, I think that, you know, when you factor in guys like Jabari and Tari are going to help 
with the defensive rebounding, which was like two of our biggest issues. And then, you know, we, we, we have more of a team oriented approach with Christian Wood going on top of the fact that like Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Ralph Christian, all the guys who were here last year have came back and they've gotten better at basketball. I think we're going to be marginally better this year. So like I said, 24, 27 is my prediction. Is that a good thing? If it takes us out of the draft, uh, the higher end of the draft lottery, say <laughs> say twenty seven to twenty eight wins. Uh, so I think twenty seven to twenty eight probably. I, I don't think it'll take us too far out. So I, I think right. I think like there's gonna be teams like Utah and San Antonio. They're gonna be like barely hitting twenty wins. But I think like after that, I think you'll see like Indiana, Orlando, OKC. Like those are teams I think could all be in that twenty five range as well. Um, but is it a good thing? Um, I, I'm my approach for this season is simply if I'm the front office, I'm going to worry about the draft odds. If I'm the team, I'm trying to win all 82 games. Like if right. if, if that if that's what I, if that's what I'm on the team, I'm the coach, I'm the players. Let's win all games. And so, I, and I think uh, Stone came out and said the other day, like they're not looking to lose games intentionally this year. So like I, I'm okay with um with 27 wins if that like gives us I don't know maybe the fourth or fifth. Uh, worst uh, fifth or fourth or fifth best odds at the number one pick. Right. I'm cool with that. If that's like that means our team, our young team is playing to the best of their ability. So that, that's kind of all. I just want to see our young team play to the best of their abilities, and then like kind of let that uh, let the the, the draft odds sort itself out. Right. Let the chips fall where they may, so to speak. Yeah. And I'll ask you this, and maybe last question here: success uh, for this season, as you define it. If you if we're talking a year from now. We're looking back on this season. We say, man, it was awesome because X, Y, and Z happened. In your mind, what does a successful season look like? Yeah. So, I, as I kind of touched on earlier, it's not to me a successful season is not winning X amount of games. We're like, or like winning a championship, right? Like, I, I think Milwaukee is going to look at this season as a failure if they don't win a championship. Right. So for us, uh, or like Sacramento, probably look at the season as a failure if they don't even make the playoffs. For us, it's more of did we get better at basketball? Uh, are the guys better game 82 than they were game one? And if they are, like if I see Jalen Green's better at basketball, KPJ's better at basketball, Jabari's better at basketball, like all these young guys we plan to keep here for the long term, like if they are better at basketball, that's fine. And I I, I, I just like better as in like that must have necessi- necessitate like an 82 game season, right? So if they're 82 game season better at basketball, then yeah, like I, I don't really care if it's, a 21 season or a 24 win season. I just want those guys to get better. Um, and yeah, to me, that would be a successful season. I'm with you. I totally agree. And do you have a finals prediction? Uh, so I said the other day, I think the Sixers are going to make the finals at the East, the West. Uh, I'll say Clippers. I'll say Clippers and Sixers. Um, I like finals. it. I like it. Well, hey, Will, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Um, anything you want to say in closing? Anything uh, any, you want to plug? Yeah, I'll just I'll once again plug my my podcast. That's, that's what I'm, I'm going to push heavy right now. We just started a new YouTube channel up over there. So uh, the Brado and Will Show, B-R-A-D-E-A-U-X and Will. Um, we can find us on, on all your uh, streaming services, YouTube, all that good stuff. So we really appreciate all the support we've been getting over there. Um, and, and thank you for having me. This was, this was fun. I was looking forward to doing this. Well, hey, keep up the good work on Twitter, man. You're killing it. And I appreciate it. Thanks again. No problem. And there you have it, Rocket Season Preview. Thanks again. Huge thanks to Will for joining me. Uh, thank you for listening. You can find me on Twitter at RedGlarePod. You can find me on the internet at RedGlarePod.com. 
And that's about all I have today. I'm thinking about starting an advice portion that would be kind of a jokey, silly thing. But if you do need advice of any kind, please reach out to me. You can DM me on Twitter um, and I will give you advice on this podcast. Um, and that could be a serious thing or not a serious thing. I'm open to whatever. I'll work with it. Um, thanks again for tuning in. I hope this podcast finds you well wherever you are out there. I hope you're taking care of yourself. And I will talk to you soon. Adios. Okay, this is not Tom. This is Bowling. There are-